Hello and welcome. My name is Pastor Shane Britt, and it is such an honor to have you join our podcast today. I pray that you will find something uplifting and encouraging in the word you are about to hear. Also, please feel free to connect with us via Facebook, YouTube, and Instagram. I'm so excited about what you're about to hear. Let's dive right into the Word of God. How many have ever looked at a friend, maybe a co-worker, maybe your spouse, maybe a child going through a tough season? Maybe you have looked at them in the eyes, not really fully understanding what they were going through, what they were facing. You had no words to really put together to even make sense, and the only thing that would come out of your mouth was, hang in there, just hang in there. You didn't have words to say, you couldn't put a sentence together, but, but you just found yourself saying words that seemed so in, insignificant at the time, but hang in there has probably pulled more people out of a pit of despondency than you and I ever know. Hang in there has probably been words of comfort to those that have been sitting in silence and in a refuge all by themselves and wondering, God, what do I do next? What is going to take place? How is this going to turn out? And all the words they've ever heard from you or heard from someone is hang in there. So I begin to look at these words, begin to think about this this weekend, and I begin to say, what, what, what's this mean? What does... What does hang in there mean? And I begin to look and it gets its origin or so it's told from the rodeo scene. It gets its, gets its origin from bull riders. When a bull rider would set his, himself on the back of that animal and he would tie his hand into the rope and he would hear from one of his buddies that was nearby, hang in there. And with that, and an affirmative nod from the rider, the chute would open, and out into the arena charges this raging bull and rider. The rider grips that bull rope with one hand and the other hand as high as it can go in the air, just hanging on for dear life. But through that arena, or so it said, the crowd of spectators would scream to the, to the top of their lungs, hang in there, hang in there. The rider would put forth his best effort to become the master of what's been called the eight-second challenge. Just eight seconds, you may say. It takes more than desire and encouragement from the spectators However, for that rider to stay on that bull, that bull rider must require skill and balance and flexibility, coordination, determination, courage. In fact, bull riding is where this statement came from. Hang in there. I've never rode a bull, never planned to ride one. I don't think they have much sense, those that do. That's debatable, I'm sure. Some make a hobby out of it. Some get paid a lot of money to do it. But you know what? That's just not going to be my cup of tea this year is to go ride a bull. But I have found in this thing called life, I have found in this thing called life 
that life can buck you around pretty hard. And oftentimes you find yourself praying prayers, God, if I can just make it the next eight seconds, I'll consider today a victory. If I could just hang on in this crisis just one more minute or, or just eight more seconds. But it's oftentimes like that old nasty bull. It'll oftentimes when you hit the ground, it'll gorge you, it'll stomp you and put you further into the ground and awkwardly lurk looking at what he had just done or he has just done to you. And perhaps there's no one more qualified to to teach us how to hang in there as the Apostle Paul. He endured some of the greatest hardships for a Christian that life could even conjure up. Both the Jews and the Gentiles hated him. He was misunderstood. He was attacked by other Christians. He was shipwrecked three times. He was beaten with 39 stripes six times. He was stoned and left for dead three times. Paul learned the secret of how not to get thrown off of the bull we call life. And he knew how to hang in there. And in, first, in the first verse of 2 Corinthians chapter 4, Paul states it just so simply, we faint not. The Amplified Version says, we don't get discouraged or spiritless or despondent with fear or become faint with weariness and exhaustion. I'm talking about Paul here. I'm talking about in the New Living Translation, we never give up. While the NIV says, we don't lose heart. The message says it like this, we're not about to throw up our hands and walk off the job because we run into an occasional hard time. I need somebody to help me this morning because I'm preaching to somebody who you just settled down on the back of that bull called the hard times of life. And you need to hear a familiar phrase from your pastor today and from church brothers and sisters. Hang in there. Hang in there. Somebody needs to hear it from this pulpit. Don't you get discouraged, saint. Don't you give up. Don't you let fear take you out of the battle. Don't you let discouragement drive you away from the church. Don't lose heart. Don't never give up. Don't give up. Hang in there. Because we're not about to throw our hands up and walk away from this life. This is the best life. It may be hard times in our future. We may get un unpredictable news tomorrow. We may get a doctor's report that we didn't factor in to our future. But regardless of what may come or what may go, hang in there. Help is on the way. You just hang in there long enough. You're going to understand we're in this thing together. And together we're going to make it. How can you speak so confidently? How can you speak today, Pastor, with so much boldness? Because I've lived long enough to understand that if you can just do a few things right, everything else seems to work out. If you're going to hang in there, if you're going to live for God, you're going to serve Him. Don't forget you're a servant. You're going to serve without notoriety. And the motivation for service and living for God is his love and mercy. 
Oh, man, that just, I thought I was coming to hear something revelatory today. When you're going through your toughest times, when you're going through your deepest and darkest hours, you need never to forget that we're serving the one true living God without notoriety. But our motivation for getting up out of the bed this morning, our motivation for putting clothes on and walking or driving to the house of God, it was because he was rich in mercy and found me one day. He found me undeserving, yes we were, but he loved me enough to find me and to save me and put his spirit inside of me. Paul tells us in 2 Corinthians 4, therefore seeing we have this ministry as we have received mercy, we faint not. Brother Jones, you feel like quitting. Brother Roy, we feel like quitting. Just remember the mercy of God. Brother Edwin, just think and remember. I remember where he found me. I remember the mercies of God. That'll keep you from fainting. That'll keep you from quitting. That'll get you back to church. That'll get you back in the fellowship of the believer. I've received mercy, therefore I will not faint. I've received mercy, I believe I'll get back on that bull again. I've received mercy, I believe I'll clap. I believe I'll leap, I believe I'll jump. Woo. Today's English version said, God in his mercy has given us work to do. If you're under the sound of my voice, he's not finished with you yet. If he's got, if you're breathing today, we don't serve because we are commanded to serve. We get to serve God. We get to worship him. We get to live for him. Paul lets us know in verse 5 of 2 Corinthians chapter 4 that servants never focus on themselves. He said we preach not ourselves. Rather, a servant focuses on the one they serve. The job of a servant is to make the one they serve look good. Some of y'all are making God look good this morning. You mean me? Oh, yeah. Because only you know what you went through to get here. Some of you barely could get dressed today. Some of you came in with oxygen on. Some of you came with cancer in your body. Some of you came, you just lost level. Some of you came, you just lost. Some of you have lost so much and you've got so much hell and chaos going on. But you're making God look good today. You're a good servant. You're here. You're present. You're present today. You're present today. You're present. If God was calling roll today in this service, you'd be able to raise present. If he was looking for all the servants of the Sanctuary Community Church, present. Present. Paul said in verse 11, our lives are at a constant risk for Jesus' sake which makes Jesus' life all the more evident in us. Wow. Service never strives for the applause of men. The goal of a servant 
is to hear his master say, well done. That's our goal today. You want to know what got me up this morning? I want to hear him say, well done. You know what's going to get me up tomorrow? I want to hear him say, well done. My service to God in our service as a church is not for the applause of men, but it's for the applause of heaven and God. 2 Corinthians 4, 6-7, through 7, For God who commanded the light to shine out of darkness has shined in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. But we have this treasure in earthen vessels that the excellency of the power may be of God and not of us. Let me ask you a question this morning. What's more important? Y'all ready? Unbuckle your seatbelts. The container or the contents of the container? According to Paul, I'm just a container. According to Paul, I'm just a container. And a container at best is an earthen vessel. That one day it will return back to the dust from where it came from. But Paul said, that's who we are. But when you look at Paul's admonition and his reminder, self-worth does not come from talents or abilities. Our self-worth comes not from our container. Not how good we look and what we wear and how we, how we present ourselves and what we've got on or how good we may smell. And I hope we all use right and left guard today. Let me tell you where your value comes from. It's from the treasure you carry within. We are entrusted with the most precious treasure the world has ever known. The light of the gospel of Christ, the power of the Holy Ghost. I submit to you that the times may be, you may be most discouraged. There are times you become most discouraged. It's those times when you allow yourself to focus on the uncommonly container instead of the treasure it contains. When I get most discouraged, when I get most frustrated, it's not with what's in the container, it's the container. Anybody ever been there? Well, I want my container to last for, no, 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 we're just pilgrims passing through. I was born to die. And I know we don't like to hear that, but that's the reality. But when we understand and we start focusing ourselves on the light of the Holy Ghost that's inside of us, it's in you. It's hard to focus on what's inside of you and get discouraged and disappointed. Because I know if this is my last breath here, it's my first breath there. If it's my last breath here, it's my first breath in the presence of the Almighty God. I know that may sound morbid on a Sunday morning, but I didn't start this thing just to go through life and just one day take my last breath and it'll all be over. No, 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 baby. I started this thing with the goal in mind. Heaven is my, heaven is my goal to see my Savior face to face. I'm living in this thing called life. It's temporal. It's momentary. But one day it's all going to be gone. All that you'll have is memories of me. 
But while you sit and I hope you have those moments where you remember and reflect. But I want you to know one thing. You thought I shouted down here. You ain't seen nothing yet, baby. You're going to see a shout you ain't never seen. But until then, I'm just warming up. Every time I get in the aisles, every time I shout, every time I dance, every time I leap, I'm getting ready for the day. And I'm just letting the devil know I'm hanging in there. I'm hanging in there till my help shows up. I'm hanging in there till I come through it. I need to tell somebody in the Holy Ghost the treasure contained in you is not diminished one bit by the condition or the appearance of the container your container today may be old your your, your container may be weak and tired but on the inside of you you got the same spirit that raised Christ from the grave if you've been baptized with the Holy Ghost like they did in the book of Acts, you've got the same spirit that raised Christ from the ground. And if that same spirit that rose Christ dwells in you, he's going to quicken that old mortal body on that great getting up morning. Uh, that mortality he's going to put on immortality. That's where it's going to be swallowed up in victory. And hell's going to finally realize I've lost the battle once and for all. I speak to someone you struggle because your life may be marred by sin and stained by sin. All you can do is look at the wasted years and the wasted time. But hear me, I've come to help you. It doesn't lessen the value of the treasure you carry. You simply remember what it's contained in. You will remember. Let me say it like this. If you will remember what is contained within you, you will never faint. You'll never faint. You will never become discouraged. You will never lose heart. And most of all, you will never give up. You ought to remind yourself every day you are a container. You are a vessel of the Holy Ghost. That's why your bodies are so important. That's why we are to present our bodies a living sacrifice, holy unto the Lord. Step two, if you're going to hang in there, you've got to get ready to surmount the insurmountable. 2 Corinthians 4, 8 through 9, we are troubled on every side yet not distressed. We are perplexed, but not in despair. We are persecuted, but not forsaken. We are cast down, but not destroyed. In other words, we've been surrounded and battered by troubles, but we're not demoralized. We're not sure what to do, but we know that God knows what to do. We've been spiritually terrorized, but God hasn't left our side. We've been thrown down, but we haven't been broken. If Paul had focused only on the challenges of the ministry, he would have been overwhelmed. But instead, he focused on God's power to carry him through those challenges, realizing that his own abilities were woefully inadequate. 
if I try to do this in my own power, I will, uh, I will fail. I will fall, I will fail, I will give up, I will throw in the towel. I will do everything I'm preaching us not to do, we will do. Because there's not a doubt in my mind, some of you understand what I'm saying. We're pressed on every side by troubles. But we're not crushed. We're perplexed, but we're not driven to despair. We're hunted down, but we're never abandoned by God. We get knocked down, but we're never destroyed. Here's one revelation that came to me as I begin to study of this. There are three pipelines through which God, His power flows into us. Praise, prayer, and proclamation. Praise, power, praise, prayer, and proclamation. Paul praised God in the rough times as well as the peaceful times. Paul petitioned God in prayer where he needed strength. Paul proclaimed the gospel of Christ as he often recounted his testimony of transformation on the Damascus road. Can I speak into you this morning? If we can learn to praise God in your prison of problems as easily as we do when everything is going our own way, you will see the power of God manifested in miraculous ways. It is impossible to praise and despair to coexist. It's impossible for praise and despair to coexist when you begin to praise the one who is able. When you begin to praise the one who sits high and looks low. When you begin to praise the one who robed himself in flesh and dwelt among us and we beheld the glory as of the only of the begotten of the Father full of grace and truth. When you begin to praise the Holy One of Israel, something begins to move inside of you fear begins to take back seat and you begin to step into an avenue in a realm of faith and you begin to understand with my God anything is possible with my God I can speak and mountains are moved with my God I can do all things through Christ that strengtheneth me with my God one can put a thousand but two can put ten thousand with my God we can lay hands on the sick and they shall recover when I pray when I petition when I praise hell retreats in and out of our situations you need to practice praying knowing that God is faithful in the good times and the bad times and all the while continue to proclaim the gospel of Christ with your words and your testimony and your actions. If you're having a bad day, is it easy to tell? I'm going to say that again. If you're having a bad day, is it easy to tell? If you went in and out of situation keeps praying, if you'll keep proclaiming, and if you'll keep praising you're going to surmount the insurmountable. You're going to see God do what maybe you thought he couldn't do or he had retired from doing. Can I answer that lifelong? 
The Lord is the same yesterday, today, and forever. If he did it back then, he can do it now. Some have said the baptism of the Holy Ghost was just for the book of Acts. I'm afraid I have to argue with you because the Bible gives me a promise in Acts chapter 2 and verse 38 and 39. For the promise is unto you and to your children and to all them that are afar off, even as many as the Lord our God shall call. I don't hear that God's quit calling people to repentance I don't hear that the phone is hung up and said this dispensation is over I will not feel no 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 we are the church triumphant and he is still filling he's still filling people with the baptism of his spirit to whosoever will let him come drink from this well freely I'm coming to a quick quick close this is the part that brought me into this to this thought into these words our texts are 17 and 18 while we look not at the things which are seen but at the things which are not seen for the things which are seen are temporal but the things which are not seen are eternal if you're going to hang in there, church, to hanging in there is not to focus on your present problems, but rather to dwell on things that are eternal, things that are unseen, things that discourage us the most are generally not the things that happened in the past. And neither is it the thing that may happen in the future. But the thing that bothers us most is what's happening right now. What's happening right now in my family? What's happening right now in my situations? What's happening all around me? What's happening right now has got me frustrated. What's happening right now? I was just given this bad news. It's right now. But when I think of God's goodness and mercy and how he's working in my life right now. It may, when I think of God's goodness and mercy and how he is working in my life right now, when I look at it, I get a praise. I get a clout. I get a shout. I get a dance. Why, Pastor? With all, the, all these things are going on and so many. When you listen to the word of the Lord... It changes your perspective from the seen to the unseen. Philippians 1 and 6, being confident of this very thing, that he which has begun a good work in you will perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. Romans 8 and 28, and we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are called according to his purpose. Philippians 2 and 13 For it is God which worketh in you Both to will and to do of his good pleasure Colossians 1 29 Whereunto I also labor Striving according to his working Which worketh in me mightily Hebrews 13 21 God is working in you That which is well pleasing in his sight Through Jesus Christ To whom be glory forever and ever consider with me momentarily do they 
the day when Jesus raised Lazarus from the dead. You will note that he told those who were there to move the stone away from the tomb. He told them who were there to move the stone away from the tomb. Consider too the day that Jesus turned the water into wine. He told the servants to fill the water pots with water. But never forget this very important fact. It was the Lord who raised Lazarus from the dead. It was the Lord who turned the water into wine. And here's your secret today. The real secret to hanging in there. The real secret to hanging in there to help. Your help coming. The relief you need. The answer to the prayer. The miracle in your body. The real secret to hanging in there is realizing he only expects you to do what you can do and then trust him with what you cannot do. Simple. Summarize my whole message right there. If you do what you can do, I promise you God will do what he can do. If you'll just hang in there, help's on the way. If you can just trust him in spite of how you feel and what you see and you begin to look to the unseen things of God. The old song said, I'm guided by that unseen hand. I'm guided by what I cannot see. I'm guided by, by not necessarily how I feel today in my body and in my flesh. But if you've ever been on the back of a bull, some of you have rode some hard times this year. Some of you have been to doctor's appointments and you've got news that you never dreamed you would get. Some of you are dealing with children inside of your home that you don't understand what's went wrong. Right now you're being bumped. You're hanging on for dear life and you're just asking God, can I get a little relief? What you need to do is just get another grip and say, God... I'm holding on and waiting on deliverance. I'm holding on and waiting for my prayers to get answered. I'm holding on knowing that you've heard me the first time. I know that I'm fighting spirits and I'm fighting principalities and I know I'm fighting the darkness of hell. But if you can get your mind on the unseen, Get it lifted above the shadows. Get your heart lifted above what's going on around you. And start looking unto the hills from which cometh your help. If you're here today and it seems like, Pastor, you just read my mail. Pastor, you just preached where I'm living. I don't know what to do. I don't know how much more I can hang on. I'm preaching for you today. I don't know how much more I can resist temptation. I don't know how much longer I can stay in this marriage. I don't know how much longer I can hang on to what's happening inside the four walls. I don't know. I'm preaching to you today. And I'm preaching to you a message of hope if you'll just take another grip. And you'll just hang on. And Paul would say, when you've done all to stand, stand therefore. When you've cried bitter tears and when you've cried yourself to sleep and when you've said, God, would you take this away? And he said, no. Nah. In your weakness, my strength is made perfect. When you've asked God to take certain things and God said, no, 
I'm just going to be with you as you go through this. Uh, you don't know who you're going to meet in that doctor's office. You don't know who you're going to meet in this journey. You don't understand like I do what I'm doing in your life and how I'm working here and working because I see the unseen and all you can do is see the seen. Get another grip, ma'am. Get another grip, sir. God's not finished with you yet. God's saying, come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Stand to your feet all over this house. Maybe you're here today and you desire to feel God and to be filled with his holy presence and what I've preached about what's inside the earthen vessel let me tell you you can do what you can do by walking to an altar and lifting up your hands and saying God forgive me of my sins I repent I surrender my life unto you I surrender my life unto you I give you my heart I surrender my will and my way. And the moment you ask God to forgive you, that's your part. That's obedience. The Bible says he's just to forgive. Maybe you've never been baptized in Jesus' name. I thank God the last several services we've had people baptized in Jesus' name. The water's warm and ready. I have towels. We have robes. We're ready for you to take that step of baptism in Jesus' name for the remission of sins. And the Bible says the promise, you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. When you come out of that water, lift those hands and begin to give what I call give God voice. You'll begin to speak in a heavenly language and watch God do a miracle in your life. All over this house. Would you lift your hands right now? This team is getting ready to sing. Would there be one? Would there be more that would just say, Pastor, I'm coming to this front. Because I'm coming to get a fresh grip on, on life. I'm coming to get a fresh grip in my valley and in my trial and in my tribulation. I need help in my home. I need help in my marriage. I need help in the struggle of my physical being. There are those that are watching online right now battling sickness. There are those that are watching. God's going to touch Sister Lisa Pitts. She's sick at home today. God's going to Sister Jones, I feel the touch of the Lord praying for you. God, I believe right now you're going across this Internet and you're touching individual lives. And you're beginning to do what only you can do. Our job is to make the petition known. Our job is to surrender. And our job is to hang on. And today we do it. Would you lift your voices right now as they begin to sing?